Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. It is Thursday, November 19th. It is another sunny day in North Texas. And today we are studying Amos chapter 7. Today is going to be our last study before Thanksgiving. We'll take next week off and then uh, we will start, we will continue with Amos uh, starting in December. I, I can't believe December is already here. I can't believe the uh, the year is going by so quickly on one hand, but yet on the other hand, it feels like it's going by so slowly, uh, but uh, glad that we can do this together and hope that uh, you are safe and having a good day wherever you may be. So good morning to those of you who are joining us live. Uh, good morning, Dee. Great to have you with us and uh, look forward to doing this study together. So um, we are looking at Amos chapter seven, uh, a chapter that for me is difficult to read. It's difficult to read, and there are verses in here that I really are difficult for me to comprehend. Not so much comprehend, but difficult for me to believe that this is actually in the Bible. So let's let's get to those uh, and and see what you all think. So good morning, Patty. Uh, great to have you with us. So okay, we're going to start with verses one through three. This is what the Sovereign Lord showed me. He was preparing swarms of locusts after the king's share had been harvested. And just as the late crops were coming up, when they had stripped the land clean, I cried out, Sovereign Lord, forgive. How can Jacob survive? He is so small. So the Lord relented. This will not happen, the Lord said. So Amos sees a, he has a vision of a swarm of locusts coming to Israel and wiping out the crops. And Amos says to the Lord, no, you can't do that. Jacob is so small. Basically, it won't survive right? Jacob won't, won't survive. He, he needs the food. You know, Israel needs that food. You can't take their food. Don't do that. And so the Lord re- relented and said, no, fine, I won't do that. I won't, I won't take their food supply. Uh, and, and you see Amos kind of uh, negotiating with God, you know, God saying, this is what I'm going to do. And Amos saying, no, please don't do that. That's terrible. That's terrible. Don't do that. Uh, and so God said, okay, fine. I won't do that. I won't take the food supply. I won't take the food supply. So uh, good morning, Peggy. Hope you're doing well today. Uh, So it continues, verses four through six. This is what the sovereign Lord showed me. The sovereign Lord was calling for judgment by fire. It dried up the great deep and devoured the land. Then I cried out, sovereign Lord, I beg you to stop. How can Jacob survive? He is so small. So the Lord relented, said this will not happen either. The sovereign Lord said. So so Amos has his vision of locusts coming and eating all the food. And Amos says to the Lord, no, you can't do that. That's terrible. And so God relented and said, fine, I won't do that. And so now there's this, this vision of fire, of, of fire that, that just came and devours the land. And, and Amos says, no, you can't do that. That's terrible. Don't do that. And God says, okay, fine. I won't do that. So, uh, it's like, what would you rather have? What would you rather? Would you rather have locusts come and devour your food supply? Or would you rather have fire come and devour your land? It's like, uh, Amos says, well, well, neither. Those are both bad. Don't do either of those. So God says, okay, fine. I won't do that. I won't do that. You know, it's it's really kind of an interesting beginning to this. I mean, this is obviously... Amos didn't write this in chapters, right? So this was all one big long letter or, or vision from Amos or a message from Amos. But at the same time, it's still like, you know, so I'm going to kill your food supply. No, don't do that. All right, I'm just going to send fire and consume everything. No, 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 don't, don't do that. 
Okay, that's not what I'll do. That's not what I'll do. Good morning, Julie and Jackie. Even late, late's better than never. Glad to have you here. So, and I want you, as you're thinking, do we think hell is fire? Is that what we think? I mean, uh, for those of you who are listening, for those of you who are at home, do you think hell is fire? We have a vision of, of, of hell that is, you know, flames and stuff, right? The lake of burning sulfur, which is the second death that comes from uh, Revelation. Do you think like this, that hell is like consuming fire that doesn't consume? right? Because fire has to consume, right? But the idea of hell, this is what I don't understand. The ideal of hell is eternal punishment, right? Eternal punishment. So it's punishment that doesn't end. Well, if it's fire, fire is going to consume. So fire is going to burn until there's nothing left to burn. So, I mean, is this, is this what our vision of hell is that, you know, fire slowly consumes for all of eternity? It's like, you, I, it just that the the two don't, uh, uh, the two just don't make a lot of sense to me. But uh, so anyway, moving beyond that. Okay, so fire, verses seven and eight. This is what he showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall that he that had been built true to plumb, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord asked me, "What do you see, Amos?" A plumb line, I replied. Then the Lord said, look, I am setting a plumb line among my people, Israel. I will spare them no longer. Then verse nine says that they will be judged with the sword, with the sword. So a plumb line measures if a build, if a wall is built straight. It's basically just a string with a rock on the bottom, with something on the bottom that is a weight. So you hold it up and it, where the, the weight goes down, it's a straight line, right? It's, it's plumb to the earth. It's 90 degrees. It's, it's perfectly square. And so, you know, that's the standard that God is holding up against the people of Israel. This is my standard, a straight line that goes straight up, completely square to the earth. And I'm going to measure Israel against it. And I found that Israel is crooked, chronically crooked against the plumb line of God. And so they shall be judged with the sword. So, okay. Amos had a vision of the locust coming and destroying the food supply and said, please don't do that. Don't take the food supply. And God said, okay, fine. I won't do that. Then there was this vision of fire that just fire that ravaged and devoured the entire country. And Amos said, don't do that. Don't do that. And God said, okay, fine. I won't do that. And so now the image is, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring the sword. I'm going to bring the sword. So is that merciful? Is it merciful for God to send the sword instead of locusts and fire? I mean, think about it. Would you rather have your food supply taken away so that you starve? Would you rather have fire coming that devours everything? Or would you rather go to war against somebody and be told you're going to lose it? Not only are you going to lose it, some of you are going to die and some of you are going to be taken into exile. Which one would you prefer? Which one is most merciful? Or should we just read this without our understanding of God being merciful whatsoever, right? Is there mercy here at all? Is there mercy here at all? I mean, you know, I, for those those people who, who who know what it's like to be hungry, right? Who know what it's like to starve, you know, maybe they'd rather take their chances in a war. Maybe they'd rather say, I'd, I'd rather go to war, right? Uh, because starvi- starvation is terrible. For those who have been in wildfires and who've been, you know, and, and know the, 
the the power of fire and and how it just can't be stopped uh maybe they'd rather go to war maybe maybe they'd rather take their chances you know with the sword i don't it's but okay it's to me this that's not even the worst part of this chapter so uh then amaziah the priest of bethel sent a message to jeroboam king of israel amos is raising a conspiracy against you in the very heart of israel the land cannot bear all his words so the priest at Bethel, there, was, there wasn't supposed to be a priest at Bethel. There was supposed to be a priest in Jerusalem. And so the idea is that the priest at Bethel was you know, idolatrous worship because they were outside of the center of, 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 of where God should be worshipped. Um, and so he, he basically sends a message to the king, Jeroboam, saying, Amos is undermining you and the people of Israel, and it's not good. The things that Amos is saying is not good. The people... The land cannot bear what he has to say. We need to shut him up. It is not good. What he is saying is not good. Um, it was too hard for the land to hear. The land cannot bear his words. Uh, uh, you know, it, I think there's this, this has to ring true to us, right? This has to ring true to us, that there are times when the truth is too hard to hear. There are times when Bible verses are too hard to hear. There are times when you read something in the Bible and you said, oh, that, that, that convicts me. That speaks right to my soul, and I don't want it to. I mean, that, that, that makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like that. I'm going to pretend I didn't just read that. I'm going to pretend I didn't just hear that, right? Uh, and so how do we respond to someone who delivers a message that is too difficult to hear? I mean, that, that's what Amos is doing. He's, he's proclaiming a message to the people that is just too difficult to hear. And so they're saying, well, you know, we, we need to shut him up, right? They're not saying, well, we need to change our ways. No, they're saying we need to shut him up because it's, it's better to shut him up than it is to change our ways. And so we need to shut him up by any means necessary because sometimes some truths are just too hard to hear. Okay, still not the worst part of the chapter for me. Okay, now we're getting to it. Worst part of the chapter, verses 14 through 17. Amos answered Amaziah, I was neither a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I was a shepherd, and I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord took me from tending the flock and said to me, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. Now then, hear the word of the Lord. You say, Do not prophesy against Israel. And stop preaching against the descendants of Isaac. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. Okay, you ready for this? You ready? This is what the Lord says, according to Amos. Your wife will become a prostitute in the city, and your sons and daughters will fall by the sword. Your land will be measured and divided up, and you yourself will die in a pagan country. And Israel will surely go into exile away from their native land. Your wife will become a prostitute in the city. Okay, so the priest, right? The priest was Amaziah didn't like what Amos had to say and so sent something to the king said we need to shut him up. Well, well, so how does Amos respond? Your wife is going to become a prostitute in the city and your children are going to die and you're going to be taken off into exile. Boom. How do you like that? Uh not very much. Not very much. I didn't like what you had to say before. Now I really don't like what you had to say. 
now I read because you've made it personal, right? You've you called me out personally, and and I uh, you've said things about my family, my wife, my children that um, quite frankly, there's nothing more offensive you could say. I mean, what what could you say that is more offensive than that? Nothing. Now, now, now we're enemies. Now, I mean, oh, I can't believe you just said that. You know, so Amos is like, I, listen, I, I, I'm not a prophet. I, I didn't go to prophet school. I'm not the son of a prophet. You know, this, I'm not saying what I want to say, right? I, uh, this is what the Lord is saying through me. I, I'm, I'm just a, a shepherd, right? And I take care of trees. But this is what the Lord is saying. I'm trying to do my best and you're trying to shut me up. And because you're trying to shut me up, because you are trying to stop the word of the Lord being proclaimed to God's people, this is going to happen to you. This terrible thing is going to happen to you. Uh, I, I just, is there anything worse than having to watch your family suffer? That's what, that, that's what Amos is saying to Amaziah. Your family is going to suffer. Your wife is going to become a prostitute in the city. Your children are going to die and you're going to be helpless. You're going to be watching it and you're going to be helpless and there's nothing you can do to stop it. I mean, that has to be the worst kind of suffering there is. That has to be the worst kind of suffering it is. But I have to ask, what does this say about God? What does this say about God that God would, would tell somebody to tell a priest that this is going to happen to your family? What does that say about God? I mean, on one hand, it's, you know, God saying, do not try to get in the way of my message. Do not, if my message is too hard for you, sorry, but do not try to stop my message from being proclaimed. I think, I think that's the seriousness there of, you know, God making sure to drive this point home that do not stop people who are proclaiming my message. Do not get in the way of my message. But on the other hand, I mean, basically, I am going to make you suffer by making your wife and your children suffer. Your wife and your children suffer. I mean, they haven't been the ones who have been the priest in Bethel, right? They haven't been the ones who have been trying to stop Amos. No, they're just collateral damage, right? They're just cannon fodder, right? They're just and, and and I think that this is a very difficult, this is a very difficult chapter and some very difficult uh, verses that, uh, quite frankly, I mean, I'm, I'm teaching it because it's what's in the Bible. And uh, But if it wasn't for Jesus, if it wasn't for Jesus, right, would anybody read this and say, that's, that's my God? Yeah, that's the God I'm going to serve. Uh, I mean, that's just, it's just tough. Tough stuff, tough lessons, tough things that Amos has to say, but uh, it's what Amos has to say. And, uh, and the, reason, the reason that Amos is in the Bible, right, is because a prophet is only a prophet if something, you know, if, if the thing happens, right, unless you're Jonah, and Jonah goes into Nineveh and says, you're all going to be destroyed if you don't change your ways. And it, that didn't happen because the people changed their ways, right? But other prophets, you're only a prophet if it happens, and this is actually what happened, right? The people were taken off into exile. Now, I don't know if Amaziah's wife was a prostitute in the city. I don't know any of that. But that's why Amos is included in the scriptures, because Amos said this thing is going to happen, and it did happen. So uh, tough stuff, though. Very tough stuff. Okay. So uh, how's everybody doing out there? Uh, hope uh, uh, hope this lesson was difficult for you to hear, as difficult as it was for me to teach. 
And, um, you know, we have Jesus, we have forgiveness, uh, because when the plumb line is, uh, the plumb line is used to measure us up, you know, we're all found to be crooked. Uh, we're all fine to be found to be imperfect, but God forgives us. And so that's the good news of, of the gospel. However, however, well, there's, there's no, however there, that is the good news of the gospel. And still, we should do our best to live our lives in a way that is, uh, you know, worthy of of the gospel in a manner that uh, proclaims God and the goodness of God. And so, I think it's something we should all think about and work towards. But uh, uh, good morning, Margaret. Glad to have you here, uh, and um, glad to have you uh, all here, even if you're jumping on a little bit late. And hope you'll go back and catch. Uh, catch the beginning. So uh, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Uh, Service at Abiding Grace, 9 a.m. outdoor worship. We are going to have three baptisms, three baptisms. So uh, a really cool experience that we're going to have as a a worship community. Hope you'll join us for that. Uh, Unless it rains, if it rains, we're going to have those three baptisms inside at 11 and uh, we're going to do our, our normal worship service that will live stream on Facebook and then we will do the baptisms and communion on Zoom. Uh, so hope you'll join us for that. Uh, really cool. Uh, just really, really cool. So hope you can uh, join us this weekend. It's going to be something that uh, I think we as a community will remember for a long time. Uh, so just leave it at that. Um, everybody have a great Thanksgiving week. We will be off next week. So uh, hope you have a great Thanksgiving week and I will see you back with these Bible studies uh, the first Tuesday of December. So is that the first Tuesday of December, the 29th, 30th? Uh, or is there 31 days in November? No, it's December 1st. We will be back December 1st. And we will finish uh, Amos um, in the first part of December. And then we'll jump on to something else. So thanks again for joining me. And we will close with a word of prayer. Good and gracious God, we are grateful for your many blessings, but most of all, we are thankful for your forgiveness. We know that we are imperfect. We know that we are crooked when measured against the perfection uh, that you require, uh, Lord, but we pray that you would help us to be better each and every day. May your spirit work in us so that we can proclaim your goodness, so that we can live a life of righteousness, or as uh, not as we are ought, but as we're able, uh, help us to live as righteous as we're able to do the things that you would have us do to show your love to as many people uh, as we can. We pray for our country and for the world as the coronavirus uh, uh, cases continue to uh, continue to rise and as deaths continue to rise, Lord. We are grateful for the vaccine uh, and pray that it would be um, uh, made w- widely available as soon as possible so that uh, uh, we can put this behind us, even though we know that many families will never put this behind them. Uh, and so we pray for your peace and comfort with them uh, as they grieve the loss of loved ones. Uh, thanks so much for your grace and your love in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, have a wonderful day. Take good care of yourselves.